Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we study the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 395. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. Let's read a passage. According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder, and another builds on it. But each one is to be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved, but only as through the fire. This is Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church. Paul founded the church in Corinth on a second missionary journey about five years earlier. This is now the third missionary journey, and Paul is in Ephesus. He's received word that there's trouble in Ephesus, that people are fighting with each other. There's a lot of confusion, and they have a lot of questions. So Paul's sending this letter to answer questions, to resolve confusion, and hopefully get them back on track and stop the infighting. Last time we saw Paul use an analogy of a field where he said that he, Paul, had planted, that has been the founder of the church, Apollos watered, that Apollos stayed there for an extended period of time teaching, but God's the one who gave the growth. And we saw this field analogy, that the, the, they are the workers, but God is the one who actually makes it all happen, and God is the owner of the field. Then in verse 9, he said, For we are God's co-workers, you are God's field, God's building. So we saw the analogy of the field, and then he made the shift to God's building. And that's where we pick it up today in verse 10, where he says, According to God's grace that was given to me, I have laid a foundation as a skilled master builder, and another builds on it. So now he's talking about the building. And the building is the church, just as the field is the church. The building is the church. So he's not talking about individual life choices. He's talking about the church as a whole. And building is what they're doing to make the church work, what they're doing to build up the church. So he says, first, according to God's grace. Let's debate here. By God's grace, does he mean actually just the grace of God? God, you know, is graceful. And by his grace, I was allowed to do this. Or is he making a play on the term for spiritual gifts? Because the word grace and gifts are essentially the same word. And there's a big problem with spiritual gifts in Corinth. And perhaps he's referring to the fact that his grace, that is the gift given to him by God, is that as an apostle, a church planter. So he laid the foundation for this building as a skilled master builder. Now the word it's translated as master can also get translated as wise. Some people think that's a better translation that he says as a wise builder, and he's making this play on the idea of the wisdom, the earthly wisdom versus spiritual wisdom, the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God, and that he, according to God's grace, laid this foundation for God's building, which is the church, using 
God's wisdom. So he did that, and another builds on it. Now, he doesn't list anyone specifically here. He's just another. In the field metaphor, he mentioned Apollos. Paul planted, Apollos watered. God brings the growth. Here he only mentions himself as the one who laid the foundation that has planted the church. And then he uses a series of indefinite pronouns where he just says here in verse 10, another builds on it, but each one is to be careful. Verse 11, for no one, verse 12, if anyone, verse 14, if anyone, verse 15, if anyone. So he's not talking about anybody specific. He's talking about anyone. It just means anybody, anyone at all who does anything to build the church. Now, is he talking about just anybody at all in the church, or is he specifically talking to church leaders? I think it's primarily addressed for church leaders, but I think it's really applicable to anyone, because what we all do has effect on the church and how the church is built up. He may be intending church leaders, but I think it's definitely applicable to everyone, specifically how we build the church. And by build the church, I don't mean put together a building structure, the church building. I mean, build up the church itself, the community of God's people. So Paul has laid the foundation and another builds on it. And he has this warning, but each one is to be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. So Paul says he laid the foundation. So obviously he did the correct foundation, and the foundation is Jesus Christ. And no other foundation will work. Well, the point there is any church that does not have Jesus Christ as its foundation is not a church. So any church that's where you really look at it, what really makes it tick at its foundational level, it's not Jesus Christ, or as Paul says, Christ in Christ crucified, then it's not really a church. In which case, that what is it? Well, it's something other than a church. It may look like a church. It may act like a church. It may call itself a church. But if Jesus Christ is not the foundation of it, it's not a church. So unless foundationally it's Jesus Christ, then it, it's not a church. Verse 12. If anyone, again, this indefinite pronoun, anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. So now he's talking about the building on the foundation. The foundation itself, which is only Christ, then others are building on that foundation. The question is, what are they doing? What are they using to build on this foundation? And he lists these six types of material. You can kind of make a two categories out of it, but the, the issue is not specifically these materials, but that it will be judged. The, the point isn't about the materials themselves. It is about the quality of these materials. Most people like to divide these list of materials up into two sections. The first section being the gold, silver, and costly stones. The second section being wood, hay, and straw because they're going to be tested by fire and something's going to get burned up. Well, we know that gold, silver, and costly stones don't get burned up in the fire, where wood, hay, and straw do get burned up in the fire. 
So a lot of times people group this into that first group, the gold, silver, costly stones. That's the imperishable materials. But the other three are perishable materials. But this is a metaphor that Paul's painting here. So he's really talking, remember, about is it human wisdom or godly wisdom? And godly wisdom is based on the gospel. So the imperishable materials to build the church, that's the gospel. That's the godly wisdom. Where the perishable wood, hay, straw, that's the human wisdom. So are you building up the church with the gospel or building up the church with just humanly effort, humanly wisdom, human systems, human philosophy, because we're really smart people and we know how to do church. He says each one's work will become obvious. Well, it is obvious. Sometimes it's not so obvious to us, but it can be obvious to what is the basis of what's going on with the church itself? Is it following the gospel? Is it built on the gospel? Is the gospel at the center of what this church does? Or is it just a lot of nice things that really are worldly concerns, many of which would be no different than any nonprofit organization that unbelievers would like? Second part of verse 13, he says, For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. So what's being tested here is the work. Now, Paul uses work in a lot of different ways throughout his letter. At, at times, he describes it as how one lives one's life. Others, it's how one leads the church. It, it can be used a lot of different ways. So it's what has been done in this case to build the church. How we did it is going to be tested. And the imagery used in the Bible often is tested by fire. And that is to in this case, whether it's going to get burned up or not. So if we did it with the right stuff, the gospel, it's not going to get burned up when it's tested, when it's evaluated. But if it's just built with human wisdom, human philosophy, human ideas, human systems, it will get burned up. And the fire is going to test the quality, specifically of each one's work. Another indefinite pronoun there, each one. In verse 14, if anyone work that he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved as only through fire. All right, what's he saying here? Well, he's talking about the evaluation at the end, the testing, the judgment of what's been done. And if it passes the test, and what is it will pass the test? If it was built with the gospel, built with godly wisdom. If it passed the test, there'll be a reward. If it doesn't, there'll be loss. Now he says, but he himself will be saved. So it's not talking about loss of salvation. And the phrase, but only as through fire. Some translators say that's a, a figure of speech that much as we would say by the skin of his teeth. So he himself will be saved but just by the skin of his teeth. He'll just slide by. Now, what's he mean here with the reward and loss? He hadn't defined these things. And so we can't really make much theology out of this, much doctrine out of this, because he, he doesn't say what it means. And we got to be careful. We want to pour meaning into it. Now, later in 
chapter 4, verse 5, he is going to say, at the end, a reward we receive will be praise from God. So it's not too far of a stretch to say, hey, that's a reward, being praised by God for a job well done. And as far as the loss, though, he doesn't say what that means. Some say, well, we're banking up rewards along the way, and if, you know, in this case, we, we lose a lot of those rewards out of our reward bank. Well, that's not what he's saying. He just says that it's a reward versus loss. And by loss, we don't really know what he means other than just that loss. It could just be in the fact that the work we poured our uh, lives into amounts to nothing, and that itself is a loss. Or it could be, he's talking about a church that's been built with the wrong material, perhaps even on the wrong foundation. And if in the final judgment, turns out that's not even a church. Well, that person was a believer. Well, they'll still be saved. But everything that church did falls to pieces. And there's probably a lot of people who thought they were believers, thought they were heaven bound, to find out, as uh, Jesus says in the Gospels, depart from me, I never knew you. So there's a big point here. What What's all this getting at? Paul's criticizing the Corinthian church because they're pursuing the wrong things. They're pursuing human wisdom, not godly wisdom. They're pursuing things that they are impressed with versus just the basic gospel. And that those leading the Corinthian church that had better take heed. There's some warnings here because their present work is not going to pass the test. And along with that, they would suffer loss. So Paul doesn't define things a lot here. It's because his point here is not to give a lot of teaching and theology about rewards and loss. His point is to reorient their thinking. You guys are so in love with human wisdom. Knock it off. Go for godly wisdom. Go for the gospel. You guys are so in love with who's the most spiritual. Knock it off. God's in charge of this. He's the one that dishes out spiritual gifts. He's the one that makes the role assignments. He's the owner of the field. He's the owner of the building. He's the one that makes the growth. Get your eyes on him and off of yourself and each other who's trying to be the best and get in line with following Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.